Welcome to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction of any kind or those searching for a better way to live. Rich and Susan Collenberg found freedom from drug addiction and alcoholism over two decades ago. In the series, The Temple of the Mind, Part Two, they examine motives, our tendencies to judge others, and the dangers that lie ahead for God's people so all can have prepared hearts and minds to be the temple of His Holy Spirit. Take every thought captive now on Freedom to Choose. Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. And we would like to welcome you once again to Freedom to Choose. And we are starting a new series. It's actually a continuation of our old series, but it's going to be called The Temple of the Mind Part Two. Well, I just want to interject at this moment that this is the first time I heard the new opener, and I was like, oh no, we're going to be. Um, examining motives oh yeah it's just a little spooky <laughs> that isn't was it? like uh-oh yeah yeah that's we're all we're, in trouble we're now. all in trouble now yeah, yeah. um so we're going to keep the sequencing going though this is this is going to be program number 23 in the series the temple of the mind part two and it's titled when thou prayest thou shall not be as the hypocrites are Okay, well, you know, there's so much, there's so many places we can go with just that text. But before we get going, Susan, would you open with a word of prayer? Yes, our loving Father in heaven, we come to you now to um, pray that you enlighten um, all of our minds as we um, examine your word and um, our own personal motives. And and uh, Lord, we ask that you give us the power and the ability to not look to self, but to look to you. Help us to understand that you're the power we're to dwell on and not on our own selfish, sinful beings, and um, that you can give us freedom from that bondage. So we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So um, I went to the dentist this morning. Yes. And uh, you know why, why I had a little pinch in one of my teeth when I bit down really hard on one it. One of your it was, tooth? Yeah. Teeth. And, and, and so one of my teeth, one of my, Yeah. Anyway, on your tooth. One, on my tooth, yes. <laughs> and anyway, um, you know, I got to thinking, pain is good. Yes. Pain tells us that something's wrong. Right. And so, you know, naturally I went in and it's going, well, what are they going to have to do? Because pain is bad and tooth, teeth work is bad. But it's, I don't have a toothache and I'm going to go in and get a crown put on it before it actually gets painful when I'm walking around naughty. Right, because you, you know, have a little chip. I, I got a little chip there, and there's, you know, part of the nerve every once in a while, so that uh, it's it's not a sickness unto death by any stretch, mm-hmm. and it only hurts when I chew on it hard. But So it's interesting because sometimes, especially, you know, you could tell another story of a long, long time ago when we were living in addiction and you had a toothache and what happened. But so the it, thing it, is, is that, you know, we now we're in a in a lifestyle because by the grace of God, 
um, you know, we don't live that life anymore. But there was a time when um, we had when we had pain. We didn't take care of it. Right. We would do anything we could to mask that pain. Yeah, to numb the pain. Right. And see, and I, the reason why I brought per, uh, pain up in the context of prayer is th- a lot of times there's two re- there's two reasons why why I pray. One is for gratitude, and the other ones is for pain, right? And and I I have to literally force myself to pray for other people. I I just do. It's because I'm self absorbed, mm-hmm. right? I pray I pray when there's when there's pain, right. and I pray when the day is really going good, and I'm praising God that it's going right. really good, right? But uh, so or so you I'm, pray for other people so that they don't this, impact your life exactly, <laughs> in so a that they don't way. upset my yeah my schedule or any of that stuff. Right. See, and so, but just realizing that and knowing that that I, I I pray for that God, you know, give me that give me that proper motive right, to prayer because in a way that knowing that and acknowledging that is a painful process. It's very painful, especially to, on the radio. Right to say, wow, I um. You know, I don't have that. I have a different relationship one than what I hear other people having, and so why am I so different? Or, and, or, or what Jesus had. He went out to, into that into those woods, and he prayed for other people all night. Sometimes he was so absorbed in the pain of other people mm-hmm. rather than his pain. Right. You see, and see, this is the turning of the boat. This is the character perfection. This is the reason for the prayers is we continue to pray and they will get stronger and better for other people and we will be less self-absorbed. The prayer is not that God doesn't know what we need. Right. The prayer is for us to get into a strong relationship with God. An alignment. An alignment with the way the universe operates. Right. Because it's not just in a relationship, but it is in that alignment. And that, I think, is why um, in... I can't. I don't know which gospel it is. It says, "Pray according to God's will." Yeah, yeah. And because of course, if you don't, if you're just praying according to your will, then you're not aligned mm-hmm. with God's principles. Yeah, and so, so you know, that doesn't mean we don't pray when there's pain. Oh, right. By any stretch, I'm oh, not. Yeah. I'm not saying that at all, because that is the only true pain relief you're going to get when there's when there's pain, especially emotional pain, and we go to anything like. Uh, 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 cocaine, methamphetamine, uh, nicotine, shopping, chocolate. All the, chocolate, whatever we may go to other than God to numb that pain is going to cause more pain down the road, mm-hmm. you know? And so the, pro, the, so this is, this is the main, I think the main reason why G, Jesus addresses Number one, the prayer and what our nature is. Now, remember, when we pick on the Pharisees, which we it's very easy to do, in the Gospels and, and everybody's picking on the Pharisees, the Pharisees are simply a representation of human nature. Mm-hmm. That's all they are. So if we're picking on the Pharisees, we're, actually, we're a Pharisee. Yeah, we're, exactly. <laughs> right, we take up that um, behavior. We take up right. that behavior of, of look at them and not me. Right. Right. And so, um, and and also, you know, sometimes we like to complain to other people about how things are going rather than taking it directly to God. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing that we, you know, through through today's program, we'd like to address a little bit as we touch on it. So the text is Matthew 6, verse 5, When thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. 
See, the, the Pharisees, they had a predetermined time for prayer, and often when they were out and about, you know, whether they be at the marketplace or wherever they might be, right in the middle of the crowd, when that time came, they'd rehearse their formal prayers. And Jesus, you know, he was addressing that. Right. And and some, you know, um, that's kind of like when a worship is is like that, it can be for self-glorification. And that type of behavior was rebuked by Jesus. He wasn't putting down public prayer because he himself prayed, right, in public, and as his disciples did as well. But he teaches that private prayer is not to be made public. Right. Right. In, in secret devotion of our prayers, it should be to reach God and no one else. And that's where I want to bring in, you know, it's good It's good to talk to other human beings about problems, but when you have real problems, there's, there's one that can fix it. Now, can he fix it through other people? That's true, too, because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So our secret de- uh, devotions are for God and no one else. And Jesus said, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. Have a place for secret prayer. Jesus had special places for communion with God, and so should we. We need to regularly retire to some spot, however humble, where we can be alone with God. So pray to your Father, which is in secret, in the name of Jesus, we may come into God's presence with the confidence of a child. No man is needed to act as our mediator. Through Jesus, we may open our hearts to God as to one who knows and loves us. So that's interesting, a mediator. Um, it's like, isn't Jesus like the mediator? And you he know, he's is the God. One, right, he's the one that's, you know, in union with God that has decided to come down and try to help us. You know, we don't need, we don't need someone to, to present us before God. Jesus presents God to us. Uh, to us, exactly. Right. Well yeah. put. Yeah. And 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 just what do you think about that? What do you think about a God that is willing to become His creation, so His con- creation can identify so intimately with Him? That blows my mind. Right. That is a that is a design principle. Um, you know, when you look at it in the bigger picture, that's one of God's design principles that He's willing to humble Himself that he will do anything to reach your heart, yeah, to draw you to him, that yeah. he's not that taskmaster that says either you do this or, you know, you're out. Mm-hmm. He's coming to us to offer himself. Yeah, he, he will wash his betrayer's feet. Mm-hmm. He will do what is not popular, like, you know, when the Pharisees tried to set him up. And they would have loved him if he would have stoned that woman thrown down in adultery. Mm-hmm. They would have loved him. Right. I mean, they still might have turned him into the Romans, right. but they they would have loved him. So, they would have said, he's one of us. So if you really want to talk about um, where we're at right now in prayer, just think about Jesus when he was on the cross, you know, and allowing his creation to, you know, crucify him. He said, Father, please forgive them. So that was a prayer, and that prayer probably drew you know, the people that had made heard about him, may it, maybe it changed their minds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. that's another place where Jesus was willing, you know, God and Jesus were willing to sacrifice to come down and say, this is this is what I, I'm willing to give in order to win your heart. This is, this is the interesting part and the part that I, I think, I mean, I know I have a hard time understanding it, and that is that God is so different 
from human nature, but he is so much alike spiritual nature. In other words, we know what what to do is right sometimes, and sometimes we don't. But when we know what to do is right, sometimes it's very hard to wash the feet of your betrayer. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's very hard to stand in the crowd and tell a woman or a man that you don't condemn them in front of everybody else. Defend that, someone's that, honor that you think is not honorable. Yeah, that you, and everybody else in the crowd wants you to put her down, and yet you do the opposite. Mm-hmm. And it seems like God always does the opposite of what our human nature wants to do. Right. You know, uh, We want to be angry and justify our anger, and maybe it is even justified, and God says, don't hold a resentment. Right. You know? So back to prayer. In the secret place of prayer— where no eye but God's can see and no ear but God's can hear, we can pour out our most hidden desires and our longings to our Father, and, and, and he, he, with his infinite pity, he will answer. He will answer. That's right. And so what if we don't hear God? Mm. What if we can't hear him? Um, you know, what if there is no answer? What do we do? What do we know about him that will help us to hear him better? James says, um, chapter 5, verse 11, the Lord is pitiful and of tender mercy. I think we need to remember that when we're talking to him about stuff that is really hard to talk about. Um, You know, I I don't know about you, but when I'm pouring my heart out to God, sometimes it's really hard to talk about some things that go through my mind. Mm -hmm. But I know I need to tell him, and I need to tell him that it's going through my mind. Right. Because what does James say? He's pitiful and he's of tender mercy. Mm-hmm. If we understand that about God's character, it's a little more, you know, say easier for to to pour our heart out to Him and tell Him everything that's going on. I think that um, what you're talking about is probably one of the things that actually has helped me in my recovery is coming to a realization that everything that goes through my mind, God already knows. He already knows. All of the awful and horrible things that I did when I was an addict, all the acts of horribleness, God already knew. You know, and I no longer had to run from him. Right. So now we can say, okay, God, you already know. You know my past and you know my future. And... So I I have to come to you because I've got no other choice Mm -hmm. other than my own strength, and that's proven in the past to not work. Yeah, yeah. Your best thinking got you 25 years of drug abuse. Your best thinking. Right. You know, and so that's that's what reality is. Right. And so when we run from pain, and I know that's kind of like the the common thing now in this country is to, to, you shouldn't feel pain. Right. No, pain for the most part, is there to tell us something's wrong. Right. And if you're in pain, there is something wrong. Right. And so that... that you, we need it, to go it, to it, that it, one with the t- that we know has tender mercy Yeah, because the pain is the byproduct of something wrong. We have to get to the root of the problem. You know, your your cocaine is not the problem. Right. That's that's the symptom right. of the disease. Right. Of uh, the infection of fear and selfishness. Right. It's the symptom. Right. The alcohol is the symptom of the infection of fear and selfishness. Or it's the um, chosen vehicle. Vehicle, yeah, self-medication. Because, you know, as we as we get clean and sober it's, and we become, you know, believers in God, 
um, we can make other things be that vehicle oh, yeah. for us, whether it be, you know, a good job or it can be anything. another person, food, money, yeah, power. Yeah, and we all have pride issues, every one of us. Right. And so, yeah, you become successful at something else. It's really easy to become prideful about it. And it's also kind of easy to leave God in the rearview mirror once mm-hmm. you know person's clean and sober long enough and they think they got it going on. I know that's a real temptation for me is to is you know kind of leave God out of the day sometimes, right. you know, and that's it so you let's talk a little bit about what God and why God wants to hear our prayers because he does wait to hear our confessions. And he he accepts he accepts our confessions. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And he and he's also you know he's longing for some gratitude from us, just like just like a mother might watch for the smile of recognition from her child. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just a smile, just a, a glance. Mm-hmm. He wants to understand how earnestly and tender he wants us to understand how earnestly and tenderly his heart yearns over us and i i think if we keep that in mind that he's merciful he's pitiful and he's he's yearning for us to tell us his tell us tell him our problems and he's yearning for us to be thankful to him for you know i think of i think of cuz every morning i eat a banana and i can just i mean i want to break it all the way down to god made that for me and That's he, right. he he made the he made it for humanity the banana right but can you just imagine god if there were no bananas, right, and you got up one morning, and you're sitting at the breakfast table, and Jesus rolls into the kitchen, and he says, and he has this banana, and you've never seen it before, mm-hmm. and he and he peels it, and it doesn't crumble and fall apart; it stays there, and then he holds it out, and he says, "I made this for you. I like it. Do you like it too?" And just think of all the fruit that's made and the, all the songs of the birds and the different types of trees and the different types of flowers and God introducing each one of those and saying, I made that for you. Do you like it? So I wonder if that's kind of what happened after Adam was think created. Think about it. Think know? about it. I made this just for you. Do you like it? Just, so I, I wonder if maybe as, and this is what I pray is, Lord, help me to continue to look forward to the the new earth, you know, the mm-hmm. plan that's in eternity, and not to put all my hopes and dreams in today. Right, because you know, it's help, easy to do. Right, so help me to stay there so that I can um, get to that time where God comes and says, "Well, this is how I did this, and this is the reason why." Yeah, exactly. Right. I he, let you go through that for that. Are you glad now? Yeah, he's gonna he's you gonna know? take that bird's nest of our brains, yeah. right? And he's gonna untangle all the things between us ourselves and with everybody else we've ever come in contact with. Mm-hmm. He's gonna untangle and it. our and our complicated relationship with him. Yep. And you know, so so it's not so much about being on clouds and and that kind of thing. It's about you know being able to learn and grow and be yeah. satisfied. Yeah. And, and there's so much. Right. There's so much. Yes. Yeah. And we do have trials, don't we? We do. Um, you know, he, but God does invite us to take our trials to him, you know, all of our sorrows to him, our wounds for his healing, our weakness for his strength, our emptiness for his fullness. The Bible says they looked into him 
and they were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. And that's in Psalms 34 and, and chapter 84. Yeah, those people who seek God in secret and tell the Lord their needs, pleading for help, they're, they're not going to plead in vain. Right. I remember my first prayer. Right. God help me. I mean, I was screaming at the top yeah, of my lungs. Yeah, it wasn't lungs. very secret. That was, it was in a secret place, but it wasn't very secret because I didn't care who heard me. Right. I was screaming at the top of my lungs. And the obsession to use was lifted. Mm-hmm. That was an instant um, answer to prayer. However, there was also another answer to that prayer. This is real simple, but it's not easy. Right. And and that answer to prayer, had he had been leading you all this way to try to get you to, you know— to just stop and listen. Yeah, and then God put people in my life that were that the Holy Spirit was residing in, mm-hmm. and they helped me and guided me. So God, not only did God guide me through prayer, but he guided me through people that, that were listening to him and had a relationship right, with him. Right, because we're talking about the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yes, this so is the temple we, of the right. mind. So are we, you know, are we truly the temple of the Holy Spirit? Do we allow the, um, the principles and the ways of God and the Godhead to reside in our hearts and our minds, and do we give that to other people? Yeah, thy Father that sees thee in secret himself shall reward thee openly. Openly. As we make Christ our daily companion, we will feel the powers of an unseen world and that's all around us. And by looking unto Jesus, we shall become assimilated to his image. And I want to break down the word assimilate. When you eat something, uh, you eat a taco, it becomes a part of you. The nutrition in the taco becomes a part of you. Right. When, 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 when Jesus said, eat my flesh and drink my blood, that is a metaphor for spiritually consuming his character, mm-hmm. and it becomes a part of you. Right. So a, a lot of these metaphors they get they get misunderstood, but that's what that eat my flesh and drink me drink my blood. In one of these future programs, we're going to talk about a lot more about character. But the blood of Christ is simply a metaphor for his life. Right. Because as we behold him, we become changed. Yes. The character is softened, refined, and dignified for the heavenly kingdom. The sure result of our interaction and companionship with our Lord is to be increased in piety, purity, and fever. Fervor. Fervor. There will be a growing intelligence in prayer. We are to receive a divine education, and this is illustrated in a life of diligence. Yeah. So as we behold God's, um, we're assimilating his character yeah. into ours. Yeah, and, pr- and prayer does not change God. It changes us. Mm-hmm. We have to remember that that we that it it God loves us with an infinite, unconditional love that can't be replicated. Right. So I know we're at the end of the program, but what if our prayers aren't answered? I I'm not God, but I would imagine that God always answers prayer. Just it, may not be what you. Expect. It may not be what we like or expect. Right. It may not be what we like or expect, or sometimes we may have gone down to uh, down a road. I know in the Old Testament it says, "I will no longer hear your prayers." Right. They've gone down a road and got themselves into a situation where God would have to violate His laws of nature in a certain f- fashion in order to answer a prayer. You know, I mean, Pharaoh mm-hmm. lost the capability to love. Right. He j- he just he he gone so far. 
And God tried to get his attention. He tried mm-hmm. to show him that all of his gods were worthless. Right. And Pharaoh had gone down that road so far that he, could, he lost the very capability to love. Mm-hmm. Satan, perfect child, perfect father, perfect siblings. Perfect environment. Perfect environment. And Satan lost the very capacity to hear the voice of God anymore. And when we lose, that's called grieving the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And when we get to that point, there's nothing God can do for us. Him that is unholy, stay that way. Him that is holy, stay that way. So as as that's why it's important to stay connected with God. Tell Him everything. He wants to hear it, and it's all for our 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 good. It's for our character. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing nothing better than a good solid relationship with God. Right. And Jesus showed us that. Yes. People don't like it. It doesn't look good sometimes to a lot of people, but well, we got to go, folks. So remember, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle, and, and you have the freedom to choose. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thank you for listening to The Temple of the Mind, Part 2 on Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Collenberg are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could It Be This Simple, The Way Out of Your Prison?, Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they are supported by people like you. Thank you for listening and remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Power in